0: Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks. Go out to the big kahuna engineering the show today, Joe Weaver. Hey, have you joined the I Work For Him nation yet? Have you taken time to make that commitment to being a prayer warrior in your workplace? Have you taken time... To make that commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Have you taken time to go out to iworkforhim.com and to click on the iWorkforHim for him nation flag in order to see what we're looking for. We're looking for people across the globe to make the commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day to start looking for people or, and to see and notice people at work when their countenance is down to see when they're little down so that you actually have an opportunity to pray with people. We're looking for I Work For Him Nation members that will serve those that they work along. We're looking for I Work For Him Nation members that are looking for ways to befriend those that they work with so that they have an opportunity to really be Jesus live and in front of them to the people that they work alongside. Because you know what? Honestly, here's the deal. Most of the people that we work with will never darken the doorsteps of a church, but they'll go to work each and every day. Your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. It's so important that we recognize the power of this commitment. So go out, go out to iWorkforhim.com tonight and click on the iworkforhim Him Nation flag and take time to join the iWork for Him Nation. Take time to really Oh, just make that commitment to change your workplace. I mean, here's the bottom line: our workplace. We've got workplaces all over the country. We're all sitting here listening to the show today, and we our workplaces look different. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter whether you're digging ditches or maybe you're you're flying an airplane. Hopefully, you're not listening to the radio when you're flying an airplane. But maybe you're driving a truck for a living. Maybe you're an insurance agent. Maybe you're a maybe you're working a funeral home. It, it doesn't matter what you do. The work that you do is kingdom minded because the Lord can be glorified no matter what you and I can do each and every day. It, we've been, we've got a high calling in our lives. You you've heard some shows this week where we've talked about how well yesterday we had this incredible interview with Paige Morell who talked about calling and recognizing that fulfillment and calling they're connected. And if you missed yesterday's show, you really need to go back and listen to the archive uh, because it was fantastic. The storysketcher.com was so much fun. Today, right after the break, we're going to be talking with Karis Hillman Brown. She sent me an email a couple of months ago and said, Listen, I believe that kindness is a door to repentance. That being kind to those that we work with, that being kind to those that are, we are surrounded with each and every day, it gives us an opportunity to share the faith that is inside of us, that, to share the hope that we have in Jesus. And and that's really what this is all about. Every day we talk about the fact that in order to recognize our calling in our workplace, in order to recognize the high calling of our our mission, that it takes a paradigm shift in our minds. Romans 12 two says this, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, and it's powerful. The way we think is powerful, and and it's so often you find Christ followers who get caught up, and they get caught up in the world, and they get caught up in the way the culture thinks, and they get caught up in what they see on TV, and they get caught up in what they see their neighbors doing, what their friends doing, and they even get caught up and see what other church people do, and they think, well, that's what I need to do. That the American dream is somehow related to being a Christ follower, but it's not. It's not. Jesus said, "In this world, you'll have much trouble. But don't fret." This is a Jim Brangenberg uh, uh, paraphrase. But don't fret. I got your back. I've already gone through this. I understand what you're going through. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to work work inside of you to help you be able to bear through whatever whatever it is that you're being sent to. You know, Martha and I've been going through the Jesus calling together. It's a, it's a, it's a morning and night version and we're going through it together every evening. We don't ever seem to get it done in the morning. And in there it's con- we're constantly being reminded that adver- that trust is wrapped up in adversity in order for us to truly trust the Lord with every step that we take, it's wrapped up in adversity. and. But we don't like adversity. I don't know about you, but I don't like adversity. I- I'd like my life to be fairly easy. I'd like to be able to get a nice and easy paycheck, be able to take two or three vac- uh, weeks of vacation every year. I'd like to have a medium, nice car. I'd like to live in an okay house. I think I already live in a nice, uh, uh, an okay house. I actually have a fun little car, a little Scion XD, uh, and it's fun to drive. It's like driving a go-kart with, with uh, four doors. But it, you know, it's not the American dream, but that's okay. I live even a bigger dream. I live an eternal dream. Jesus Christ impacted my life on July the 13th, 1979, and I've never been the same. I've never been the same. And that's the life that we want for all the people that we know and love, the people that we work alongside, the people that we live alongside, the people that are parts of our family. We want them to experience Jesus the way we've experienced Jesus. I don't know how to do that any better than to just live my faith out in front of Of others each and every day and that's what being part of the I work for him nation is all about we're looking for Christ followers to make that commitment to start living their faith out loud living their faith out in front of each and every person we've got Karis Hillman Brown calling in a little bit later on the show today but right now Martha and I are gonna do kind of a little I don't know. What, how about, Martha, one segment commercial on the upcoming Cruiserweight or Better Marriage Retreat in 2017? Okay, you crack
1: me up that it's upcoming. Well, it is right? upcoming. <laughs> upcoming on March 30th of next year. Um. So the beautiful thing about that is the fact that people can plan now. And, you know, I've noticed that there are a lot of people doing cruises um, now I've heard of pastors and worship leaders and different things. And um, I think that the the key to the cruise is the fact that we get to get away, that we get to go um, disconnect. And if there's any cruise lines out there listening, please don't make it easier to get Internet on the boat because we don't want <laughs> Internet on the boat. No, don't make don't. it easier. Keep it expensive. Keep it hard to achieve so that people really get that chance to disconnect. Because I tell you what. That is the most important thing. We are all way too busy and way too um, committed to, to focus sometimes on the thing that matters most, in our, and that is our spouse in our marriage and um, growing that relationship. So that's the thing we look forward to the most about having things like the marriage cruise that we do so that people can um, unplug, focus on their spouse, focus on some of the principles that God has for us in marriage and, and really uh, grow.
0: You know what I think is amazing is when we look at uh, this upcoming cruise, the reason we're talking about it now, let's just say that you are going, Jim, seriously, that is a year from now. Uh Uh-huh. That is correct. reason we're bringing it up right now is that if you sign up today, you and your spouse can spend the next six or seven months spreading, actually a little bit longer than that, Mm -hmm. spreading the payments out so that it's a little by little by little, and then you have something to look forward to for next March to go away and you're gonna invest in your marriage. And we don't even, we don't have all the topics nailed down or we're gonna talk about. We just know that we're gonna give you topics that will cause you to have great conversations and that will really cause you to dig deep into your marriage. In fact, we had 17 couples go with us last time, Martha. We did. And these couples would keep hearing from little by little by little. In fact, I talked to a pastor uh, who was the pastor in one of the churches where several couples came from and he goes, wow, I heard a lot of really cool stuff from couples whose lives were really challenged but the reason we do this is because we love to go cruising no no
1: well it is nice
0: it's nice well here's what's nice about going cruising if you go ahead and do a, a marriage retreat here locally in um uh you know in Florida and you go to a camp well the, the food is okay and the lodging is okay and it's hot and it's buggy because usually they're inland and they're on a lake you're not gonna go swimming in because they got snakes and alligators <laughs> when you go on a cruise ship all the food is cooked for you and it's gourmet it's amazing and, and then it, it's i mean it's just so fantastic then you got great lodging where somebody makes your bed every day you got air conditioning and you go outside and you're breathing the caribbean air i mean it's incredible and then you sit down when we do our sessions we do it in um uh, in the media not a the theater medium, the theater and in, in the, the cinema and when we do that um that cinema provides us a a concentrated place where you and, and I, Martha can invest in people and then create conversation. Really what we do, we don't actually, um, you know, I'm not an, neither of us are experts, but we can talk about topics where we've seen other couples really need to work on them. And when we're in those sessions, we create conversations between husbands and wives.
1: We do. And, um, you know, we really just pray that God reveals to us the right topics to discuss and and um, bring before the couples that are there. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes the very thing that I think is going to be so maybe simple or a topic that people don't really um, engage in ends up being the hot topic, the one that just really makes an impact on somebody that I wasn't expecting and so just like any retreat you know so many of us maybe went to um, some kind of a retreat in high school or um, you know even during college or whatever that opportunity to focus on an area of your life and to see what God can do or how he can speak to you. That's really what it's all about and no better way than to experience that as a couple. So we just look forward to it. We hope that you will make a plan now and um, just put it on your calendar. Look forward to it. Anticipate it. You can go to our Facebook page and find the event if you just put in cruise your way to a better marriage on Facebook you will find the event make sure you pick 2017 because it's the one for next year and um, there there's links to the actual website where you can register our cruise planner will contact you before your credit card is ever hit and um, be able to set up exactly the kind of room that you want and the accommodations and take care of all of that for you and um, that's you you know, he makes it so easy. So all you have to do is, is get the vital information in there and then he will reach out to you and you can get that on your calendar.
0: Well, and, and, you know, the cruise, it provides such a great avenue, a great way for you and your husband or you and your wife to have good conversations about tough topics without the interruptions of children, without the interruption of the internet, without the interruption of cell phones. And then we kind of give you a break day. When, break day, when we get to our cruise um excursion day uh, usually it's Cozumel and we get there and you get a whole day just to spend time with friends other like-minded couples that want you they want the same things you want which is to go ahead and deepen their marriage and to share some struggles uh, it, that's what's really cool. I mean, that day on Cozumel last year, Martha, it was a lot of fun. We went out to eat at that really great restaurant. We walked all around downtown Cozumel. We had our own uh, bilingual uh, translator with us—a guy on the cruise.
1: <laughs> it's good to have a friend that speaks Spanish.
0: <laughs> it was very nice,
1: or Spanglish, or whatever uh, he. Uh, he I speaks. I think it
0: pretty much is Spanglish. What he what he speaks, but it was it was just an amazing. Time to just have fun with friends. And we found that little chocolate shop on one of those back alleys in Oh, yeah, these little handmade
1: truffles. They were quite amazing i think we we made their day with all the chocolate we bought that day but you know i one of the things just as we're talking about this and you're anticipating something that's a year away is to really encourage couples not to wait a year to have time together and to talk and invest in your marriage but really to make um, an intentional decision to um every day, every week, monthly, however you want to set it up. Make sure you're spending time with your spouse, that you are that you are unplugging on a regular basis, even if it's just for an evening, to take a walk on the beach or to go out to dinner and just talk about life and more important things than just uh, who's going to get the groceries and what the schedule is, but uh, what your goals and dreams are and Maybe what God's doing in your own individual lives. Because those are things that, that we so often neglect just because we get so busy. Not that, you know, we've ever experienced being too busy, right?
0: Well, I think we have. Yeah. I think we've experienced being too busy. But we've
1: but I think we've learned and we're always learning and having to remind ourselves to be intentional, that it we need to make sure we're not just together but that we're spending quality time and talking about things that really matter in our lives
0: you know one of the highlights that people always put on the sheet they always say they said hey we need more time at lunch because every... You know, they don't the,
1: eat fast enough or what? Well,
0: I think part of the issue is we give them great conversational questions mm-hmm. to talk about over lunch. And when they get to that lunch hour and they start actually doing the homework, and we usually give, you know, one to 10 questions for them to ask, when they, they're they doing the homework, they're getting a deep conversation and they have to get back for the next session. So we got a complaint, hey, we need more time. So we're actually going to lengthen lunch next year so that they have more time to talk. But these conversations, like this year, we open, open up with communication and... Uh, Then we, uh, so the lunchtime was about communication and how people are intentional in communication. And it was, people really got into communicating with each other and they're like, wait, but we had to rush because we had to come back because, you know, you have to wait in line to get your food too.
1: Well, and, but what an exciting place to be that you're realizing that, okay, I am married to, most oftentimes people will say they're married to their best friend, but yet we spend, um, less and less time having those deep quality, good conversations. So um, how exciting it is to rekindle some of that and to actually be in a, in a place where you can say, you know what, you have my undivided attention. I don't have laundry calling my name i don't have um any running around that i need to do nothing is more important than eating this lunch and talking with my spouse and so i hope that that is is kind of whet the appetite of some of the people that are listening and thinking about it there's still one more highlight well there's lots to highlight but i
0: think dinner time is a highlight okay because what we do is a as as a whole cruise is we actually bring together all of the couples and we rotate tables every night we do are you mad at me because i interrupted you
1: no, you just are so intense about it. I'm, so, I'm so excited <laughs> about it. I'm
0: just excited about
1: Lighten it. Lighten up.
0: <laughs> so w- what's really fun is just that ability to go ahead and get everybody together. And they rotate tables so they get to know each other mm-hmm. at dinner. There's nothing better than eating and talking. And every night this last year on the 2016 Cruise Abbey Better Marriage Retreat, we were the last tables. great conversations
1: yes yeah and and, you know it's actually kind of neat I I forgot about this until just now but on the last night our waitress that had been waiting on us she you know had just really neat things to say about watching us
0: all right you're listening to the artwork frame radio show with your host Jim Brangenberg with special guest Martha Brangenberg join us today we're talking today Martha and I are going to talk today about what we've been learning in Jesus Calling And on Jesus Calling, what's amazing is uh, so many of the things that we hear, Martha, are we get that challenge when we're doing our devotions together. We are, we're challenging each other. And uh, it's, you know, we didn't always do devotions together.
1: No, this is a newer thing for us. And um, we've just really been um, encouraged as we've been starting to do devotions together to just see what God has to say and it's really neat because we're both able to hear from his word at the same time and um, I know so many people across the world are reading Jesus Calling and what a what a powerful uh, message that it has about how Jesus is calling us to be a, have a closer relationship with Him, and that's really what it boils down to. So, so many of the um, every day, the theme really comes back to just paying attention attention to Christ's presence in our lives, and to trusting Him, to trust Him and uh, lean on Him, remember Him at all times.
0: You know, we started doing devotions together because we really. Well, we were challenged by our business partners. Like, hey, you guys, we should be doing we should Well, be they doing didn't devotions. actually say
1: it. They just modeled it.
0: Well, that's true. They modeled it. And so we're trying to model it for other people. I mean, it's not something that we always do. We always did devotions just about every night. We we're doing our own devotions, and, and we kind of shifted that to doing it in the morning. Uh, and, and this was, and we were always ended our day in prayer, and, and you grabbed the Jesus Calling. Actually, we grabbed several <laughs> other tried. devotionals. books yeah. We just... We tried several different devotionals, and they didn't really resonate with us. And so we got the Jesus Calling devotional.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's okay if, just to even talk about you know trying different books and stuff it's kind of like trying different translations of the Bible it's trying different to read different books to see how they resonate with you but the the key is getting into the word and um, we we did a book that a devotion that was on marriage we did one that was on couples and but we found that it was still had a lot of the backstories was kids still at home and since we are newly empty nesters that was a hard one for us to read and so then we ended I, I had found that Jesus Calling came out with a brand new one that's morning and evening. There's a lot of the classic devotionals that are out there that are morning and evening and Jesus Calling came out in the morning and evening. We've admitted on the air before the morning part is a little more difficult for yeah, us. We've so,
0: successfully done that twice, I think, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, actually when we were on vacation we had less of a problem <laughs> doing that. So, But um, but the key is there is just the fact that um, Sarah Young who wrote Jesus Calling incorporates so much scripture and she just reminds us of what Jesus is saying to us throughout the scripture both old and new testament and reminding us over and over again of the very thing that we as humans need which is reminding to stay in his presence to um, think constantly about his impact on our lives and and having peace and trust Throughout all that we do, yeah. Do,
0: do you ever get t- tired of hearing those <laughs> words? <though? laughs>
1: no, but I I feel kind of like the Israelites, where it's like you know how we when we look back on them and the, all their time in the wilderness, and we're like, G- did they not figure they had it out? The, they had the cloud
0: by day and the fire at yeah, night. Yeah, but
1: they still made. And a they got whole fed lot every of...
0: morning for breakfast.
1: But but my point was that they that they have they still made a whole lot of you know they didn't get it at times, and that's how we are. We don't get it. We are. You know, their human nature. We want to take over. We want to um, try to fix things. We want to try to make it better. And and ultimately, that's not how the Lord works.
0: No, it's not. And and I think probably the the you know we we've read some pretty tough passages, mm. and, and uh, you know, but they always go down to trust. You trust me with everything. And when you're all of a sudden start to doubt, and you start to freak out, and you start to just get all uptight. Just speak out loud, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust mm-hmm. you, Lord. Uh, but I think last week we read we read a devotion last week on being thankful in everything. And I don't know if you can find Let's that page, but but w- being thankful in everything. And, and I think there's times in my life I'm just not really very thankful. I mean, I'm thinking that there's times where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just down, downright not happy with the circumstances that we're in right now and and that's tough you know when you go to work and you've had maybe you've had a tough evening at home or maybe you go to work and things just yeah you're not making enough sales or uh, whatever's going on maybe you got a customer that's a little tougher and You're just having a tough set of days, sometimes Mondays, rainy days and Mondays. They're absolutely, they do get me down. The carpenters were right. The rainy days (laughs) and Mondays, they just get me down. Uh, And we don't get many rainy full days here in Florida, but they just, they're tough. They're a struggle. Did you find the? the I did. Okay.
1: And for anybody who has the Jesus Calling, they could go back to April 6th because it is the same in every one of them although I'm convinced that there are times when I read it and I wonder is did all the days get you know rotated just because God needed needed me to read this today because so many times it's just exactly what I need to hear in that particular day but um, the verse that went with it there's always several but one of them was um, Psalms 116 17 that says I will offer to you the sacrifice of Thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord and um, that just, you know, again, it we sometimes it is a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. And so do you want me to read it? Yeah. Why okay. don't you read it? It says, bring me the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. Take nothing for granted, not even the rising of the sun. Before Satan tempted even the Garden of Eden, thankfulness was an, as natural as breathing. Satan's temptation involved. Wait, wait,
0: wait. We stop. Thankfulness was as common, yeah, natural. as natural as breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to work on that one.
1: There you go. Satan's temptation involved pointing Eve to the one thing that was forbidden her. The garden was filled with luscious desirable fruits, but Eve focused on the one fruit she couldn't have rather than being thankful for the many good things freely available. This negative focus darkened her mind and she succumbed to temptation. When you focus on what you don't have or on situations that displease you, your mind also becomes darkened. You take for granted life's salvation, I'm sorry, life, salvation, sunshine, flowers, and countless other gifts from me.
0: I hardly ever take anything for granted.
1: You look for what is wrong and refuse to enjoy life until that is fixed. When you approach me with thanksgiving, the light of my presence pours into you, transforming you through and through. Walk in the light with me by practicing the discipline of thanksgiving.
0: You know, what I I think is just, you know, there's a couple of verses that go down bottom there. I will, from Psalm 116, 17, I will offer, offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, That's David in Psalm 116, 17. Uh, Then uh, in Genesis 3, 2, and 4, just as a reference point, what she always does uh, in in writing this, she always gives her references, the scripture references that helped her write those Uh, pages in the Jesus Calling. Uh, The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. The last part God didn't say. You must not touch it or you will die. He just said don't eat from it. And then Satan goes, you will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman. And, And so instead of Eve being thankful because she didn't, I mean, literally, Adam and Eve have access to everything on earth but one tree and the fruit on that tree. That's all they did. not they didn't, they didn't have access to that. First John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And, and I think Martha, in the workplace, as we look at the workplace and we look at being thankful in all things, I mean, how many of us listening today really struggle with being thankful
1: when things aren't going our way? Well, I think we all struggle with, I would guess. Okay, all right, so it's as not you... just me. No. No.
0: Do you ever get that? But you're always thankful and you're always positive. You're always cup half full. You you do it so amazing. How do you do that? But think,
1: well, as we've learned, we talked earlier this week about identity and destiny. That's part of just how God created me. I look at things differently. Um, But at the same time, I think that... um, i think that we all get discouraged and so to sometimes be lose focus off of what we can be thankful for i know we've talked about this before remember at thanksgiving time our um our youngest along with many other people on facebook did like 30 days of thanksgiving and they would post something they were thankful for every day and at first you could think well that's going to be really hard but the more you focus on being thankful the more you realize there is for us to be thankful well, for. And
0: when, whenever you start complaining about something, you can always find somebody else who's much worse off than you. I mean, there's always people like that. There's always yeah. people that are, that, that even if you're sick, there's always somebody that's sicker than you or something like that. Mm-hmm. David Benner wrote a book called The Gift of Being Yourself. And that's really what we're talking about doing. We're talking about a gift. We're a gift to people. And as Christ followers, we... We have an opportunity to share the hope that's within us. And so I want to give away this copy of the book, The Gift of Being Yourself. And I'm not sure that I'm always a gift to people, <laughs> being myself. Sometimes people. You're a gift people, to me. Well, that's good. I'm glad that I'm Your a gift God's to you. God's gift to me. Uh, I'm glad you feel that way. I know that you don't feel that way all the time. There's probably a few seconds every day where that is a stretch for you. But we want to give away a copy of this book as well, The Gift of Being Yourself, 877-943. Don't throw things at me. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. Radical and The Gift of Being Yourself. We can't impact our culture unless you're willing to give everything of yourself, just like our Savior gave everything for us. So I wanted to have this conversation about... Kindness as a door leading to repentance, and, and here's where I think it is. You know, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of opportunities out there with a lot of people that are hurting, a lot of people that are really struggling, a lot of people that are, um, you know, they're just, they just need some hope. And what you often find, and what I've often seen, which is why I keep quoting Romans 12 too, is that Christ followers tend to alienate non-Christ followers, and In doing so you you don't you're not kind to them and people feel judged and and so that's really where I think kindness we're supposed to be kind to anybody we're supposed to be kind to everybody because we've been given the ultimate gift of salvation and in being kind to people who are even not kind it really leads the opportunity of us developing a relationship with people and eventually being able to share the hope that we have in Christ and doing that in a workplace, especially with people that are competitors of yours in a workplace. Maybe they're your competition, you know, and that's something I did when I was with platinum. I mean, I was always reaching out to my my competitors because we're all on the same page. We all we all do things a little bit differently. But how do you see kindness as a door to repentance?
1: Well, first of all, I think that. um it's gonna take time because I think there's a lot of people in our culture that don't trust kind people. They think you're out <laughs> you're you're out to get something or you have you an ulterior an motive or an agenda, like you said. And so I think that you can't just expect to be kind to somebody one time and to win their favor because a lot of people in their head, they may never say it out loud, but they may say to themselves this this isn't the real deal. This why would somebody be kind to me? Why would they, you know, do this? Why would they bring brownies to work, or why would they, whatever it might be that you're doing, to just try to be kind?
0: But in case any of our employees are listening, it is always okay <laughs> to, to bring, bring brownies, brownies <laughs> to the work to our office. Absolutely. We'll accept
1: that kind of kindness. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: but it is true because when somebody's uh, um out of the ordinary kind, you're like, what's in it for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where our culture goes. Is yeah. we ask that question, "What's in it for you?"
1: Yeah, so I, so I think that that's a first step. Is that it's not going to just be a one time thing. It's not just, you know, I I keep thinking of food. I know food <laughs> kindness isn't always about food, but it's You're not just You're such just a just good that, church person. Fellowship I, yeah, is all about the food. Bringing the cookies to the neighbors, whatever it might be. But I know that. Um, well, having that kind of a relationship with people where you build a relationship of kindness helps them to trust you and then they know who you truly are and they are not going to doubt your intentions.
0: You know, what's funny is it is true. We do a lot of just things for people in our neighborhood because we love our neighborhood. We're full. We're in a neighborhood full of 30 townhomes with just a fantastic people. If and any we, of
1: you are listening, you know we love you.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and we get the opportunity to serve them and do nice things. Like the other night we were talking with one of our neighbors and we noticed that their closet door was broken and, and I knew that they didn't know how to fix it. And I'm thinking, yeah, with a clamp, and a little wood glue, I think I can fix that. And, and so I grabbed him like, here, I'm going to take this home. And fix it.
1: <laughs> he literally grabbed their closet door off of its connection, like a bifold door. And I'm thinking to myself, Jim is probably I didn't really loving ask. them right now. I really didn't ask, but it was it was fun to be able to serve them in that way and to bring them back a uh, a fixed door. And I think they were happy about it. I don't know.
0: They haven't talked to us since. No, that's not true. <laughs> okay. We got like
1: two or three emails. Okay, thanking good. Okay. Us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but when
1: you look at you know
0: sometimes you know and here's the deal because our world is so screwed up. You know, it used to be you saw a damsel in distress alongside the road with a flat tire, and you would pull. A guy should pull over as a gentleman and uh, help help a lady out. But in today's world, uh, most of us watch way too much television, and they automatically the woman alongside the road automatically thinks that somebody's you know out to take advantage of them. And I think that's terrible. I I love to change tires for people. However, if I'm on you know one of the major roads here in Tampa Bay, it's
1: not safe. No, just for anybody. uh,
0: But I'll call AAA for you. So, I mean, it's just because it's not safe. It's not safe. I've changed the tire along I-4 one time. Never, never again. Uh, just a terrible. But but are we helping people without any agenda? Right. I mean, it, And that's as a kindness. Now, sometimes in the office, in the workplace, not in our workplace, we've got a very unusual workplace. We just have phenomenal employees that work with us. But in some workplaces, there's competition between people. And sometimes people are just threatened by new people or uh, it's it's a concern of them. And so they're a little standoffish against people.
1: Well, I think especially in a sales environment where you have a lot of people trying to get maybe the same customers or things like that, where um, people need to figure out what are good boundaries. And then outside of that, you know, show kindness. You can you're all. Ultimately, on the same team, the business, in order for it to survive, you all need to be doing well and so work together.
0: Well, but in, in the really going to that conversation, kindness leading or as a door to repentance, it is really an opportunity where it is um, for if you're kind, consistently kind. And here, here's my deal. I'm not consistently kind. I'm not consistently always. Sometimes I come across as abrasive. I know that people find that amazing but <laughs> I do. But some when I am abrasive to somebody, if somebody I tell like I tell every employee when I hire them, listen, there's be someday I'm going to offend you. I just beg you and ask you to come tell me when I've done it so I have an opportunity to apologize. And when you've got a history of apologizing in a workplace, that's a kindness too because most people grew up in environments where nobody ever admitted when they were wrong. Nobody ever said they were sorry. And it really gives you that opportunity Sooner or later, somebody's going to say to you, Martha, what? Why are you so nice?
1: Yeah, and that's ultimately that's the. The essence. Oh, guess what? We just got under our door.
0: (laughs) Oh, we got pictures of brownies. Pictures of brownies from our co-workers. I love
1: it. That's awesome. Do you want me to read this verse?
0: Well, I think you should read the verse.
1: So in Romans 2, verse 4, it says, and this is in the New Living Translation.
0: Which is my new favorite translation. Don't
1: you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So I think that's where, you know, his kindness leads us to repentance, comes from. And um, to, I love how it's it translated here. Can you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin?
0: You know, it's, it, it is true. When you look at, and I think that's probably the most radical thing that, that you that I experienced when I gave my life to Christ was that unbelievably unconditional love for me despite the creep that I was. Despite all the things that went on in my mind, despite all my actions, that my heavenly father loved me just like I was. That's what caused me to respond to the repentance. And I don't know why we think that other people won't respond to it. You know, in the workplace we work with a lot of hurting people. I mean everybody works around people that are that have hurt. And when you're kind to them, it, what's amazing? You may be kind to somebody for a year, and it isn't until something really goes radically wrong in their lives that they they, they come to you and like, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" Mm-hmm. And it opens up that door, that opportunity for you to start to, to to hear their heart and then to pray with them, and it starts an opportunity for you eventually to be able to share your faith. Alright, you're listening to the I Work Frame Radio Show with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. As we're talking about, we've talked about several things. we talked about the marriage cruise, and then we talked about Jesus Calling and how it's impacting our own marriage, and then we just got done having a discussion about kindness leading as a door to repentance. And really, in the workplace, it takes a radical attitude, and we still have got the book Radical to give away today, 877-943-9673. You're like, Jim, that's a book from three years ago. That book's out there. I'm like, no, 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 no. What this book talks about in the radical walk in your faith. You know, taking back your faith from the American dream. That's what radical's all about. Turning your house upside down. I, I recommend that you read this book. If you haven't read this book, you need to get a copy. I'll give it to you for free. 877 943 877-943-9673. Did you get to hear David Platt speak?
1: Um, I have not heard him in person. I've just heard him on different videos.
0: When you read the book Radical, mm-hmm. how did it impact you?
1: Um, I think really just overall, just really kind of giving permission to to look at things differently.
0: I, I think just to me, it's like reject the stupid that you know is not Jesus and start pursuing the almighty God in every aspect of your life. I mean, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing journey.
1: It's a part of the Romans twelve two that we don't often always say, where it says, let God transform you by changing the way you think. And that's what being radical really is.
0: And really, that's what radical did for me. It's like gave me permission to start thinking differently than what I thought before and to really get permission to, to, to question in my own life. OK, is that religion or is that relationship being um, Demonstrated. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we've come to the end of another "I Work for Him" radio show. We're grateful that you tuned in. We hope that something that Martha and I said really impacted your life and challenge you to go deeper. Whether it's with kindness in your workplace or maybe a radical step in your faith, just. Chase Jesus every day. Trust him in everything. Hey, we'd love for you to go out to IWorkForHim.com, click on the I work For Him Nation flag, and join the I work For Him Nation tonight. But we'd also like you to check out our sponsors on the front bottom of the front page. We'd like you to actually just thank them. Like go out there and thank them. But hey, what did you learn today? What did you learn that's gonna help you take your faith to the next step? What did you learn today that challenged you to look at your faith deeper than ever before? Hey, what did you learn? You know, we learned, we learned today that our faith can impact others through kindness. That it's an amazing gift to people to be kind to them. That it's an amazing gift for us to step out and be consistently nice, not just do it tomorrow because we talked about it today, but to consistently go above and beyond in all of your actions and your attitudes all over the workplace. To go above and beyond how you've been called in your workplace. We need to remember that there is a battle going on for the souls of our coworkers and employees and the enemy takes it very, very seriously. Are you taking it seriously? Are you looking for an opportunity To tell tell your friends, your coworkers, employees about what Jesus has done in your life, it's a radical. It's a radical attitude. That's what it takes. Consider kindness in your workplace tomorrow and every day thereafter. You've been listening to the I Work for Him show with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. Him.